1: All right is the death lineup here we're talking about the warriors they open up their preseason last weekend against the lakers there's been some clay thompson talk there's been just discussion about goofy preseason stuff like what is the espn list called the top 100 or something whatever whatever their top 100 is called so uh let's start bry with the sorry let's start with the the, the first preseason game, because Chris Paul, who we have rooted against our, pretty much our entire lives, at least as far as when the Warriors were good, they uh, th- they finally put him in uniform. He was out there starting front and center. I thought he looked pretty good, pretty spry. And I don't know if we know enough about the mix with that starting lineup. Obviously, Draymond wasn't there. But overall, what were your thoughts on how well he played how well he meshed did he look like a warriors player to you um i feel like i'm going to be saying this a lot today so
2: i know because you could say it for either way it's kind of like summer league where if a player does really well in summer league you want to like just say like, Hey, it's just summer league. Like, don't get too high on that. But if a player does really bad in summer league, it's like, okay, it's it's just summer league. Don't get too high on that. I feel like there is some similarities between preseason, but when it comes to a player like Chris Paul, who's a very smart player been in the league forever, top 10, top five, top seven point guard of all time. I don't really know where he falls. Um, You know, like, I think you could start to actually like see that stuff and be like, okay, like, I know both teams weren't going 100%, but you could see it, right? You could see how it could work. And I feel like that's something that we were a little concerned about is just like how it would look. Like, yeah, like, you know, just their top five, uh, their starting lineup is is a top lineup in the NBA by net rating. Um, But how would Chris Paul look with Steph and Because there are going to be lineups, even though that's not going to be the starting lineup, there are going to be lineups that features all three of them. And I think a hard part was actually seeing how that would work And Sunday or Saturday, I saw it. And I feel like I can't just say, well, it was just preseason. I think there is something there where just smart basketball players who, you know, have been playing for a long time, savvy veterans. There's something about watching them work that it just like I could see
1: why they thought this would be a good fit. Offensively, it looks like it's just going to be seamless. Yeah. Good basketball. They're going to be there. What I I noticed,
2: Mm -hmm. what I know. Sorry, just really quick. What I something I wanted to add was, I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was at least like the first ten shots that I was really paying attention to. All of them were good shots like good even though clay was hooking up like the first six of them Mm -hmm. all of them were open all of them were like kind of rhythm shots that i feel like he would take along with all the other ones everyone was taking they're all good open shots created by steph's off ball created by clay's off ball created by steph's on ball created by cp's on ball there was just so much stuff that they have the opportunity to throw at defenses because they have to worry about so many different things and i thought that that it was
1: just you you could see it that's all i could say you could see it yeah, and, and plus defenses aren't really going to give you anything yet, so they should. I hope that they were able to get open looks. The, I think the thing that is going to be a test is how they attack them defensively, obviously, especially when Clay, when uh, Steph and CP are in the backcourt together. Uh There, there were moments offensively where you could tell Chris did not really want to shoot. He wanted to make sure everybody had their touch before he put up a shot. And I do wonder like, like if you're thinking about how to play these guys, do you just give Chris Paul the, you know, when Draymond just kind of pulls back uh, on a guy and, and doesn't even guard him and, and sort of forces him to think about the shooting. And then, you know, when he, when he does have to pass, uh, you know, you don't have that defender right there. So it's a little bit of a zone. I kind of wonder because of all the shooting that they do have, if you play Chris Paul a little bit lighter than you would, and you make him think about shooting a little bit more, I don't know that that would be an interesting defense, but I don't think so, man. I feel like you're kind of talking about how like Draymond would make people
2: in the corner second guess their ability to shoot the ball, like he did with Harrison Barnes in the King series, like he did with
1: Grant Williams in the Celtics well, it's series. How, like, I don't it's think... how they, its how you would guard Rondo, right? Rondo was such a good ball handler and playmaker and physical player that he would, you know, he he would want to go to the go to the uh if if he penetrated, he's creating stuff. So if you take away the penetration and you make him shoot the outside shot, that's kind of the way he got defended later in his career. Yeah, And Chris Paul's a good shooter, but over the last few years, he has been reluctant to pull. Now, my hope would be that he would dribble into an 18-footer and then shoot that all day because he can make that shot in his sleep. But I I just wonder with all of the, the spacing and all of the outside shooting that the Warriors do have how would you attack it and and I think one way would be to kind of make Chris Paul a scorer and I don't know that's just something you're not going to see in the preseason that you may see you know later in the season as you get closer to to the playoffs and 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 it could be a playoff defense like making this guy a shooter and a scorer versus doing what he wants to do which is set guys up and and get easy buckets for his teammates. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think some of that comes with like like a player's indecisiveness is that a defense will take advantage of that indecisiveness, but I feel like Chris is anything but indecisive. So I think he's, I don't know, I think he's a very decisive player. So we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure that instance is going to come up where it's like, okay, Chris Paul is doing a two-man game. That's like his patented stuff, but like, is he still, is, is he at the point in his career where he wants to go do that eight times in a row versus giving it to, some of the best shooters in the planet. So we'll see. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not anything that we would see in the, early in the season. You know, it's a really sort of strategic, you know, last possession kind of basketball. But, um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people saw the last few postseasons. Chris didn't shoot it terribly well. And, yeah, some of it was, you know, he's hurt. And
2: hopefully he's not can... too far removed from like a 14 for 14 game. Like, that happened in 2021, I think, or maybe 21. Whatever he played the Pelicans in the first round, I believe, yeah, I believe he had, like, a game where he went 14 for 14, perfect from the field. So, I would like, I, I don't know, that, that that guy still feels there. I mean, I was actually thinking about that series when you were mentioning that, where, um the Pelicans, like they couldn't get away with putting Valanchunas because CP would just put him in the pick and roll and shoot over him every single time. And they're like, okay, let's try Larry Nance and go small ball five. Same thing happened every single time. And I don't know. I think that guy, I think there's, there's that guy's still there from CP. What was the first thing? The first thing is what the Warriors started off like zero for three, and we couldn't get anything going. CP said, okay, I'm just going to run to the right corner, but as a mid range and fade away and boom, bucket. Like, I don't think we'll have a lot of stagnant offense with this team, with this guy. Like, it happens a lot with the Warriors, where everyone's just kind of settling settling for threes, especially when Wiggs wasn't there to, to start doing his mid-range stuff. But now that we have CP, who's going to be doing that mid-range stuff, I feel like we're not going to see as much of a some stagnated offense that we're used to seeing.
1: Yeah, you know, he was down four points a game last year from his uh, career average in points uh his shooting his overall shooting was down though his three pointers were eh, they were similar they 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 were a slight tick up from from what he was uh the you know in his career so his numbers are okay i just the, the thing that i worry about is he you know he is ball dominant right like he likes the basketball in his hands and sometimes uh he's going to end up with the basketball in his hands for uh you know for f- to hit important shots and I just don't I, I just have seen him in moments over the years where he looks he looks like he doesn't really want to be that guy and if I'm the other teams the other team I try and force him to be that guy right so if you look at last year's playoff series uh against uh, the Clippers uh he had a pre- he had a pretty decent series didn't shoot it terrifically well but he did play a lot of minutes and that did not bode well for him in in the, in the next series because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got hurt he averaged like 37 38 or 39 minutes a game so yeah no, so no, maybe no. that that's really tough to kind of measure but if you go back to the dallas series um in in, in the year before a series in which you know they were supposed to win that series right the yes. first two games that they do win and he's a plus 27 combined in those first two games. He's like Chris Paul of old. He's he's got uh 20, he he he's 19 and what is he, 19 and 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 three, or I this just aren't up. But the next game, he's like 28 and 8. And then the the last five games of those series, he's uh 12 points, five points, seven points, thirteen points, ten points. So something happened there where he's not shooting the basketball. And so that's just, that is, that is a small worry, but the way that the Warriors attack some of these teams is a little bit different. So uh, my hope is that he doesn't get into these spaces where he just, just decides like, okay, I'm not going to be the man. And maybe he won't have to, maybe that's where you have Steph and, 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 but, but again, when you have the ball in your hands a lot, it's going to be him and, Dray- and Draymond and dream. I'm bringing up the basketball. N- not bad defense for the other team to kind of play off and go, okay, you're bringing it up. I, I- I'm going to need to help on whoever you pass it to. So I'm pulling back. It's, it's just, it's just something I was thinking about when I, when I watched him. Yeah. Um, what about the, the rest of the fits and we'll go, we'll go through some of these guys here. I think the the big game was obviously Kaminga, he looked good, but he's supposed to look good in this scenario, right? He was four from eight from three. He looked explosive. He looked fast in a game where nobody's really playing too much defense. He just looks like the best athlete on the court. Mm-hmm. Loved watching what he was doing because he's just so big. He's so big and he's so long. And it just looks like he could get t- to wherever he wants at, at any point. Um, did you Did you see anything different or did you see... Something more of what you were looking for from him, because if people were looking for him to be sad and a little uptight, he wasn't. He's like, he's I don't think I was up, expecting man. him to be a sad guy. Well, I mean, you, what about his sad tweets from the playoffs last year and, and the stuff about Steve Kerr saying, dude, he doesn't rebound. That's why we can't play him like for a young player to take that feedback. He could come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, but that did not look like Kaminga. He looked uh-uh. like he
2: was just normal, regular Kaminga. Yeah. But. To be honest, I have a hard time identifying who's a good rebounder and who's not, especially like in the, like I would have thought Kaminga was like an okay rebounder, but now he's like especially putting an emphasis on it in his, in his uh, while he's uh, working with the training staff and stuff. But I think what I saw with J.K. was, uh, like the very first point he scored was. He just floated in the air and I think made a layup over AD or something. I think that was what it was. And what I've noticed in the past with JK is I have a hard time identifying the correct terms for what I'm about to say. But there are these different types of really bouncy athletes Mm -hmm. where you look at a guy like Jalen Green. You look at a guy's guys like the Thompson twins. Those guys just feel like they float in the air and they can just seamlessly just like move and contort their body and still end up with like a crazy dunk or like a really cool layup with Jake K and like Jaden Ivy. And they've more feels like powerful athletes. Like they're going up and they're just trying to dunk it on you. Like they're not necessarily trying to change hands in the air to try and, you know, make a, a, a smooth looking contested layup or something. Like they're just trying to go hard, fast and powerful and try to dunk the ball. That layup to me from JK was, I feel like something he would in the past try to dunk. Mm-hmm. In the Sacramento Kings game, even, I remember there was a big play where he already wasn't getting minutes. He finally gets put in. He gets absolutely blocked by Alex Len at the rim. It's because he tried to dunk the damn ball. If he had tried to go around him with a layup, maybe that was a different thing. Maybe he gets more playing time. Maybe he plays in the Lakers series. You never know. But with this first play right away, is just him swift layup over one of the best shot blockers in the league. I think it was AD that he he scored it over. But to me, that was like, oh, wow. Like that not only looked like, like a... Um, like not only did you choose to lay the ball up over dunking mm-hmm. it, that also looked like the smooth athlete that I'm kind of talking about where you're like that 1% athlete that could just jump any from anywhere and still end up at the rim Yeah. that I feel like he wasn't in the past. And, of course, the three-point shooting, you know,
1: we talked about it 38% last year, but was that real? Was that a real 38%? I mean, and it was it, it was a wide-open 38% because yeah. he, he was the guy that they were sagging off of last year going like, we want him to shoot it because if he doesn't, then he's going to create some chaos near the rim and we'd rather have him shoot it. So hopefully he gets those opportunities again and then he does make them and then they start playing him up a little a little closer. Uh, when I watch for rebounding, really what I try to... Like if you watch Kavon, I mean, it's literally his job, but he never shies away from a po- uh, from a box out right he's he, with the shot goes up he's looking for who's near him so he can put a body on mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens with some of these guys is they lazy they ball watch they they watch and shot goes up and instead of man. and in, and instead of you know racing to a spot to box somebody out they try to use their athleticism a little bit and they try and jump over guys uh, but I, I would look for with Kaminga, I would just look to see if he's trying to box people out and trying to get bodies on people because his athleticism is going to get him some rebounds. Like mm. you said, it just he looks like he's OK at it because he's so athletic. He's going to get some. But it's really an effort thing. It's really like a what's that last ditch grit uh, of an athlete like, you know, certain guys. And, and And a lot of times you don't want guys to be in the middle boxing people out. But, you know, we can compare it to who's the, the best player on the team. Steph Curry gets a lot of rebounds because he will put his body on the line. And that's that's just really what it is. Kaminga wanting to get in there and mix it up, knowing yeah. that it's going to help the team rather than him just wanting to get on a fast break. So that that's it's kind of the, the difference to me. All right, a couple of these other guys. Um, you know, I always want... To say that when I watch Moses Moody play, it looks like he's not doing that much. But then you look at his box score; he ended up with 15 points. He didn't shoot the th- he shoot the three o oh, shot three okay two of six uh, rebounds. He had four. He just still looks a little on the slow side to me. Like I, I was hoping maybe we'd see a little bit more bounce, a little bit more explosion. But he looks like the same guy, and yeah. in a sense, that's a good thing. But in a sense, I do wonder. Or in another sense, I do wonder if uh, when when it comes to what he does well versus what some of these other guys like Saric, like Kuminga, um, are going to do well, it, it is another it it is it is a wing spot for them to find minutes for. But he didn't she it didn't look like he took advantage of the game in the same way that Kaminga took advantage of the game Uh, different from when we saw him uh, last year. Was it last year in the summer league, the first summer league game where he was like all over the court? And when we went to see them in Santa Cruz, maybe it was Santa Cruz when he's just like all over the court. You're like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. the best player in the game. Yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more of that version of Moody, but. He I wonder if the looked, Warriors the even want to see that version of Moody
2: in the sense like when we saw Moody, it was like, oh,
1: my God, like he's creating a shot. Every opportunity he gets, he's hitting the floor. He's yeah. diving for ball like the but, but thing is, is in this game. And I don't mean when he's in the rotation, when he's like the third guy off the bench. I mean, late in the game, it's like him and Kaminga. And then you really have to go down your Warriors roster card to figure out who some of these other guys are. Like in those moments Kaminga was like, if I get it, I'm shooting or I'm driving and Moody would get it. And he's like, should I take this guy? And then by then it was already too late that that's just that mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I I see what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, I, I think what is, I think it is fun when when Moody and JK are out there because I feel like even though Moody sometimes is a little slow, I still think he's one of our best athletes in the sense of like, I feel like you notice it defensively when him and JK are out there when they're flying around and, and, and just like, you know, when we have our starting line about that, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I just, guy's... That, that guy got by, he's just going to shoot the ball. And then when, when JK and Moody are there, it's like, okay, how did they contest that? Or they're just, I feel like they're just flying around the court and and it could be a little chaotic, but I feel like sometimes it is a fun, it is fun to see that chaos. And I think they, you know, I think it is the youth and, and the athleticism that both of them had. that. Um Yeah. Not everything went well in this, post- in this preseason game. A lot of things did. It was, I was I was I was happy to see uh, a lot like the starting lineup looking good together. CP looking good. JK having a good game. Pajemski having a good game. Mose Moody on the stat sheet having a good game. But um, you know, there's obviously things that these guys need to work on. Like you said Moody looks like the same guy since the Dallas series, which I don't mm-hmm. think is a bad player. But uh, yeah, he's he's not. Maybe he's not someone who's like trying to steal the starting job. Like JK feels like he goes out there and tries to do, even though it's not going to happen.
1: Was there a most disappointing player in that game? And it's only one game, small sample size. They, they have five of these to figure it out. I have one specifically, but I think that you could probably name two or three guys in this that yeah. you wanted to see something from. Um, I didn't think Lester did anything special. Lester Camiones,
2: Um, I didn't think Trace Jackson Davis did
1: anything special. That, that would be it the doesn't... one for me. He had a James Wiseman box score. And, and this it's is like minus 30. No, oh. <laughs> not not that kind of box score, but it was like he was out there and you, you could tell that he, he, he's a pretty good athlete. You know, he's, he's defending hard, but he was 0 of 1 shooting. Pulled one rebound. He didn't have two steals and he had two blocks. So he was active on that end, but you know, again, he's in there late when it's just a bunch of, uh, of, of uh scorecard guys. And I, I would have liked to see him do, you, you know, Christian Wood was like, Oh, <laughs> I'm getting the ball and I'm going right through this dude, which he should, he's a vet. He shouldn't be playing in, in that late in this game. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was a little, little deer, deer in headlights-y, I, I think. But you know what I didn't realize? He, he is, um, I think his dad is Dale Davis, the former Indiana Pacer who played with Reggie Miller in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, and, that would make sense geographically, right? He went to school in Indiana. I think he's from Indiana. And so. his pops was, you know, his pops was six nine, six ten, uh defender, mean back when back when you could get away with way more stuff in the NBA than you can get now. So I but he did he did not play like that. He doesn't have that same intensity of his dad. He's a little bit more um, calm, I guess. But I want to see I just want to see more of him. We didn't really even get to see him that much uh, because he didn't play in the summer league games that, that, that we saw. And I know he did play in the summer league in Vegas. Like the very last game, though. But yeah, it, it wasn't. He didn't play a ton. So he's someone that. He got, I, he, yeah, he, he got called inactive. Like while we were at the game, we got the tweet right.
2: <laughs> yeah. In Sacramento, we were so sad. Uh, I you like. Know what we should talk about. Are you about? Are you about to say it? Are you about to say the the Croatian sensation?
1: I was about to say Saric. It, it was almost like he came out, he pulled up, hit a couple threes, and Kerr's like, "All right, I I already know. Like you just relax." I think for me, what I thought was uh,
2: really good, cool to see is the passing. I feel like a lot of Euroleague bigs have that where they're mm-hmm. just like so fundamentally with their pump fakes and their passing. And, you know, obviously, Jokic is 50 times a player, any of these guys are. But I feel like a lot of them, like Vucevic, even like Valanchunas, there's just like a lot of like fundamental, just like pump fake, play make. Uh Defensively, like they're savvy, you know, they know athletically they have no chance. So they just, poke it they strip them mm-hmm. and I thought we just saw like a full um presentation of that from from Saric and I totally see why he fits like I think he fits better than Bielica um just because of his willingness not his willingness because he knows his role but just how it, it felt like he was a really good pinpoint passer like he made some passes in the lane where I was like oh wow like that looks you know and what, what do warriors what do all warriors just want in their centers like there's like three things right they just want you to play defense set screens and pass the ball that's all you need to be uh, to be a successful Warrior center, and maybe I feel like maybe Saric... catch
1: maybe catch the ball too, Kevon Looney. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
2: um you know, man. I I think he, <laughs> I think I think Sarge at least fills like two out of the three of those, and and we'll see, you know, defensively. But um, I I thought he was I thought he was great, and he brings another element to to Warriors bigs who we've only had a handful of times with Bielitza and really like is that it in the dynasty years that I could think of. Um,
1: now Omari Spellman, right? A shooting big. I <laughs> <laughs> got a big who could stretch the floor. David West a little bit, but he was more mid range. He's more. He's more mid oh, oh, um, range. Oh, oh, Maurice Spates, Mo Spates. Yeah, there you go. That's um, one. The I, 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 little, the the yeah. thing you know, the thing about it also is he's just gonna. He knows Chris Paul a little bit more than everyone else does. So if he's in that rotation in that second team, you know, he's he's gonna have that chemistry with CP. Uh, uh, Immediately, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I think it's going to be good. I just hope that fans don't have like this expectation of, you know, this guy's going to be fifteen and seven every night. He's not even going to be. He's probably not playing that many minutes to get those numbers. For one, no, no way. Um, Fifteen and seven. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but yeah, you know, he he looks he's a he's a good player. And he I mean he was a high draft pick, so he he should be we should we should yeah. have decent expectations. Here. He was Philly, right? He was like the Philly pick that then he just
2: didn't go to the Philadelphia 76ers, then he just continued to play overseas because of something with a contract with a team over there. I feel like that was him. Yeah, um I would have to I would have to look yeah.
1: it up. I don't remember. Uh all right. So a couple of other guys we'll look at and then we'll move on. Um Jerome Robinson. We're, we're t- now we're talking about guys who were trying to fit that 14th slot. Jerome. was Okay. Jerome Robinson was okay. A little bit of, uh, who was, who was the point guard in the, uh, I don't say summer league. Cause I have no clue. No, 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 Uh, this, the season before the warriors became really good. No, no, no. The, uh, they beat the heat on TV, uh, Mario Chalmers on the Heat? No, I'm talking about on the Warriors. who, who beat on the, the Heat on when, when LeBron was still on Miami, right? Like LeBron's first year of yeah. Miami. Yeah. The
2: Warriors point guard?
1: Yeah. Jarrett Jack? Jarrett Jack. He looked a little Jarrett Jackie. He's, he's a bald guy. <laughs> and he's got the headband. <laughs> and he's small. Um, uh, I thought he played okay. He had that nice little... They, they were in that nice little inbounds play for him. He missed the layup, then he got it back. Uh, Rudy gay looked stiff like n- n- I, actually thought, I thought he
2: looked i thought he looked better than what I would have expected like I was expecting I don't know what I was expecting because he's
1: but he was he's historically a three and he was not running out there like a three so yeah, he's a four he's, now. Yeah. he's a four and he's a four five yeah I think in on this team I think you're right and he was he was actually trying to get guys to like do stuff he's like all right uh passing the ball he's pointing and then he's like trying to slip screens and get out, and these guys are just wanting to get their own stuff going that that was kind of funny but i want to see rudy gay with you know not not the, the guys guys on, like actually yeah match. yeah i want yeah. to see how he would i want to see what kerr thinks he could bring to see if he's got a shot we barely got to see usman garuba he only played five minutes i think he had like a block or a steal that led to jk's dunk on the other end or something like that he yeah, he was like Ding people up uh all of full court. <laughs> and, I think he needs to stay as a two-way. I think the Jerome think, Robinson spot is, is up too. for grabs. Like if 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 our
2: guy Gee, you know, take takes that spot. But I think Uzman needs to stay, and then obviously I, I do think Lester needs to stay, even though I was pretty unimpressed by his performance.
1: And the one guy we did not get to see, Rodney Magruder, he did not play. Corey Joseph also did not play. And because Corey Joseph did not play, we did get to see a lot more of pods than we would have seen. And I thought he looked, he looked better than he looked in the summer league. I just summer felt league. like the shot was falling, really. Like, did you think there was much else that he was doing?
2: He like, was, maybe he, he more was,
1: decisiveness? He was just forcing it so much in summer league mm. as if, like... Because, you know, they're trying to win those games and... You know, he's trying to get to the rim and he's trying to create for He's others. a focal point, too. Yeah. Uh, if, and yeah, here I mean, he just fit in. He fit in yeah. in a way that he's like, OK, I'm going to draw and kick. And that's what I'm going to try and do. And I thought he looked good. He, that, he'd there's um, th- he's going to have a problem with al- athleticism, though, for sure. So that, that I think that's just going to be an issue. Uh, All right. So we have, uh, they they play again on Friday. So later tonight, as far as the audio folks who are listening to this, they play later tonight against Lakers and then Sunday against the Kings. And then they finish off the preseason. I think it's Kings and Spurs. And did you notice that Fitz and uh, Azubuki got Wemby's name wrong during the telecast? (laughs) Oh God, what'd they say? (laughs) wemba Both of them. I think, I think Vince did it. And then Kalena was like, uh oh. It did, remember, did he get it wrong or did I? Uh, did, and then he just went with what Fitz said. That's like
2: a flashback for them because remember when there was like they had some heat during a, a Denver Nuggets game in, in, tw- in the championship year for twenty twenty two where they called basically Austin Rivers a nepo baby and I think <laughs> oh, they also <laughs> and then I think they also like said something insensitive about Facundo Campazzo. Oh man, and is he French? Because if he's French, and then they mess up Wemby too, they just have something against French people. Why don't they just call? Why don't people just Wemby. call him Wemby? I don't think Fitz does Nick. Well, Fitz does do nicknames for the warriors guys, but even like for remember the thunder games when Fitz would be like, and that's Jalen Williams, Arkansas, From Santa and Clara. <laughs> Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, like just do <laughs> J dub and J will like, that's the nicknames. Everyone knows is the J will
1: is Arkansas. J dub is Santa Clara, but no Jalen Williams, Santa Clara. I, they'll figure it out. Cause you're not, you know, you're not going to be able to not figure out. It's going to start rolling off the tongue a lot easier as he plays. So I yeah. just found it interesting. Cause it was it's really hard cuz the first couple times that i said his name i could not get the m in there it was the n is so much easier for whatever reason but yeah it is noticeable when when they screw it up now all right clay thompson was uh with anthony slater i didn't actually hear the interview but i read slater's write up clay seems like he's just in a really good place he seems like he's comfortable he's Almost like I I could tell he's frustrated about that Lakers series, but he also thinks that he had a really good season overall. And I I think think we agree with, we agree with it. You would like to see the shot selection a little bit better because his overall field percentage, field goal percentage was way down from normal clay. That's the only thing that was really his three point attempts were up. And his two-point percentage was was down. And I think that's just a lot some of that was early in the season. And you know, all the way through the season. He's just tired legs sometimes. And he's and he's still shooting a lot. But I think he's gonna come into camp in better shape for one. And he's really comfortable in his persona as a basketball player last year I think he was really trying to prove some stuff still and I you know he doesn't really need to do that like I'll, when, like the the best version of clay is when I think about the best version of clay is when he's asked when Kevin Durant joins his team what are you going to do you know if, if your shots go down he's like my shots are not going down I'm shooting the exact same I always shoot and he did he had his field, goal, field goals per game were like exactly the same with Durant and without Durant that is the clay that is content and he's confident in himself. And he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. And we saw last year flashing the rings at Devin Booker for whatever reason he was, he was at that moment that the edge of, you know, I'm not the young guy anymore and I have to hold my ground. I think he's just going to come into this season, much more free, much more comfortable. And I, not to say that he's going to have this crazy big season. Cause he had a good season last year, But I think we're going to see better numbers instead of some of those like, you know, two for 12 shooting from three point three pointers. And people are like this. This dude is just chucking so hard. Mm -hmm. He's he's not going to have to do that. I don't think as much this year. Yeah, I I think we kind of said that after the PG
2: podcast, too, that he was on that. It kind of seems like he's just in reminiscing, reflecting clay. And yeah, I I like that clay. And And
1: you know what? You know, you know why, though, that 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 is so such a smart way to be. And this is Steph, too. They know what's coming in the twilight of their career because they saw their pops, they saw their pops get older and then have to adjust. And now they're they're both way better than their pops were, though. Michael was a number one draft pick, like, Michael, Clay's dad was like you know, top of the food chain. He, he, he had a, and and he became a role player to win titles with the Lakers, mm-hmm. but you know, they, they know what it's going to be about. And they, they know that they're going to be able to extend their careers, unlike their fathers because of the technology and the training and the dieting and all that stuff. And the money is so good. Like, but they know that they kind of know what to expect as, as you get older, and that's just the benefit of being a son of a, a former NBA player. So I, I also see that in him. I also see that in Steph. Though Steph is at a just a different level because of his value to the team and how he has to continue to be Steph Curry for this team to be a playoff contender or a, you know a top team in the NBA. And that's a big that's a bigger it's going to be a bigger burden year after year until Steph just isn't that guy anymore.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, good point.
1: So for Clay, do you think that, because basically what he's saying is that he wants to be a warrior for life. He may have cost himself a few bucks with that statement, but we did see what they did with Wiggins and Draymond to keep them in the family Clay's going to have to come down a little bit from his current contract. It's way down. And, it's, and it sounds like he's comfortable with that. Um, but I, I do wonder, you know, it's going to be a longevity thing, right? It's going to be like, a, okay, I'll come down from 45 to 28 or 230, but I'm not going to do no two-year deal. It's going to be, you know, I, I am going to be signed for several years. So I think that's going to be the tricky thing cuz he's a little bit older than Draymond um and and uh, obviously Steph is is the oldest of, of all of them but that's that's going to be an interesting thing when it comes to the length of the contract and and how far you want to extend someone uh that but you know I think all Warriors fans want him to be on the team forever like no nobody wants him off this team I tried to trade him to the Lakers last year we I, we tried to trade him uh, a couple different times to different teams. Yeah. Thank God we don't have Kevin Love, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah,
2: I think we just talked about this last week. How I think I even said, like, I think I beat Slater to the punch again, where I said, I don't think this guy wants to leave. He rides his boat to work every day. Like, he's yeah. happy. He doesn't want to leave and i just hope that the warriors don't completely like disrespect him with the first offer where it's like we know you want to stay so we're going to lowball you but we're going to lowball you this badly and clay's like what the hell
1: i'm like, sure eight, they've 18 <laughs> you know i'm sure they've already had discussions yeah you know yeah. whether it's through just the agent kind of okay you know what are you guys looking at what what are the what are the books like i i can't ama- like cuz cause, cuz cause if if they knew that that was possibly what the Warriors are going to do, he wouldn't have been so happy in this conversation with Slater, I don't think. Yeah. No, good point. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I
2: hope, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a more an offer that that matches more of what Draymond and Wiggs did. Um, but I mean, damn, I kind of wish he almost didn't say that because, you know, what happens with contract years is players tend to play better, to do better in their next contract. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if this guy gets extended and I don't know contract contract year Clay could have been pretty good for the team, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm
1: I hope he stays. I mean, I, I who knows? We don't know if the if the Warriors are going to re up him before. I would hope so, just to take away some of that pressure. But uh, you know what happened with uh, Jordan Poole last year, <laughs> um, and I think that's what probably what you're talking about. Um, but I guess the last thing about Clay for me is uh, the his sort of his standing historically in this franchise. I was telling you last couple of weeks that I have this list of the, the greatest warriors players of all time. And I went back and I found it and I'm going to publish it on BSPnmedia.com at some point before the season starts. And we'll talk about it after I'm done with it. But I didn't realize that I wrote the original list the year before they won the championship. And when I had asked Jim Barnett, the Warriors, uh, the Warriors analyst uh, who's now on, on radio, I said, you know, where where does Clay and Jeff Mullins fit? So this is 2014. So this is, you know, Clay had only been in the league for what three years? Uh when did Clay come into the league? Eleven. Uh, Eleven. When did Draymond come into the league? Twelve or thirteen. Twelve, probably, 12. probably yeah. Um and so I, I said, you know, is Clay better than Jeff? And he had Clay at very early in his career, already better than, than Jeff Mullins, who was a player uh, for the Warriors in the 70s. And so, like, that was so long ago. That was like nine years ago I did this list. And think about all the players that have come since then. Andre wasn't on that list. Um, None of the... Uh, uh Wiggins wasn't on that list. None of the big men, you know, like Bogut and, and guys like that. So it's just so crazy how you go pre championship to post championship. And now obviously it's obvious that clay is the best shooting guard in team history. Whereas when I first did this list, I'm, I had to ask Jim Barnett who played with Jeff Mullins, you know, who, who was better. And he said, clay at that point. So, it's just crazy that, you know, now we are nine years later. I'm doing this again, though. I did have a rule because I wanted it to be Golden State Warriors only. And uh, so we include San Francisco in that because it, they are in, in when they were in the Bay Area. I just wanted to exclude Philadelphia. And so I made it to where um, Wilt couldn't be on the team. I think I put it as like a, you had to be a warrior for four years. And so I, I did that. So I was like, yeah, we, we can't have Wilt. But now i got to change it because uh, I want KD on this team, obviously, and he only played three years for the Warriors because he is arguably a top three Warriors player of all time just in those three years. So I have to finagle KD. I have to to create some new rules and and maybe lower it to three years as a a Golden State Warrior. I think Will is still off. I think Will only played like two and a half years in, in San Francisco. So... Uh, but yeah, so that'll be fun. I'll put that together. But it just shows you, like Clay. No, no one take this dude for granted. He's the best shooting guard in Warriors history, and uh, Steph and Clay are the all time backcourt, obviously. And and we'll go from there. But I'll, I should have that list out. All right, let's talk about this um, ESPN rank. Uh, what did they call? It? NBA rank is what they called it. Mm-hmm. They put out the top ten, and I'll go back from number ten. Anthony Davis at number 10. Last year, he was number 20. LeBron James at number nine. Last year, he was number six. Shea Gildress. G- Gildress. Do you know how hard it is to not say Gildris when you say his no, name? It's incredibly easy. <laughs> Shay Gildress Alexander. Last year, he was 48. And he is now number eight. Number seven, Kevin Durant. Last year he was number eight. Number six, Jason Tatum. Last year he was number seven. Number five, Steph Curry. Last year he was number five. This surprised me a little bit. I thought he was going to be in the top uh, in the top four. Now, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. I may have you know, you could argue Steph ahead of Embiid as well. But this is two years in a row where Steph is behind Luca, <laughs> and I get it. I understand Luca's tremendous, but I'm not so sure Luca's year last year, you know, puts keeps him where he was. Well, I guess he did go down from three to four. But if I if I'm you know who cares about this kind of stuff? It's just to have content. I would have had Steph at four or three, depending on uh, what what I thought about Embiid. But I'd have him ahead of of uh luca just because of last year i, I didn't think luca had a great year last
2: year yeah the band did a top 25 and he was number th- Steph number three for us and he, i think he'll be number three for us again this year like luca didn't miss the playoffs and mb yet to get p- past the second round and you know like, i don't think i don't think you can justify any
1: of those guys above steph right now um and steph's continued to play really well in the playoffs as well all right you need to uh go down, let's go downstairs for a few seconds. So I'm going to read where the rest of the warriors rank on, uh, on this ESPN list. Um, so for, I think, I think five warriors made the NBA 100. Uh, we have Kavon Looney, uh, uh, at number 88. So he's in the top 100. Um, pretty, uh, Pretty good. The the Ringer actually had him a little bit higher on their list. Uh, We have CP. CP is 76th on the ESPN list. And interestingly, on the Ringer's list, he's 48th. So there's quite the discrepancy there. The Ringer was higher on him than any of these other lists. I guess CBS and uh, Bleach Report did theirs as well. And uh, Clay, ESPN list, he is 41st. Um, I don't, I wonder what Clay was last year. And we have, uh, Wiggins was not, oh, Wiggins was 54th on the ESPN. List, so he's even behind Clay, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then Draymond is 55th. Uh, so actually, there's six players on the Warriors that are on this list, but only Steph was in the top 10. Everybody else was kind of circling, um, kind of the the middle, except for Kevon Looney. And I don't know. I think Wiggins probably because of his issues last year and him not really playing a lot because of the, the scenario with, with his family that kind of dinged him. He only played 37 out of the 82 games. He may have a sneaky... I mean, it's going to be consistent Wiggs. He's a co- very consistent player, but I think him being around the team for, you know, hopefully 65 versus, uh, you know, 70 games versus 37 will, will be helpful. I was just talking about, I think Wiggs is going to have wigs impact on this team. If he plays 65, 70 games versus the 37 he played last year, I think that's going to be a giant plus for the Warriors that people do not really expect or understand how valuable he is yeah I mean Wiggs you know a lot of
2: people say I don't know I don't know how many I think we've said it a couple of times that people say he was the second best player in the finals and that's a yeah. guy who didn't play in the 2022-23 season really like what'd you say 30 something games he had 37 um, games last year and then like someone who kind of fits his archetype was then really good in the, in the next year's finals Aaron Gordon. And so just, you know, just having that type of player, that two-way player, energy player, who's going to guard the best player and then still produce on offense is just literally what every championship team needs. And we were missing ours last year. And even when he came back, he wasn't fully himself. I and mean, then he even got a rib injury against the Lakers that he yeah wasn't yeah. able to perform fully in the game six. Or, you know, I think he's going to, I think that lower rating this year. The guy was an all-star and in, two in, in years ago. Did he play? Do I think he deserved that? No, not really. But you know, I, th- I think we need a version of that guy, and I think it's realistic to expect a version of that guy. It's because he's not like he was injured last year. You know, his father was was uh, was sick, and so he was he missed time because of it. So I you know I think it's very realistic to expect him to play sixty plus games this season to be at that level again. So. Um, I think his uh, his little ranking thing is a little, little for my liking, but
1: but well, yeah, that that's that's the one thing. If you look at the difference from last year to this year, the hope is is that Wiggs plays you know almost twice as many of the games, and that's impactful. You know, defensively, where where they struggled at times last year, and and because he's their best on ball defender, and he's going to be the guy who has to, you know, he's guarding the best player on the other team generally. So, uh, all right. So when we come back next week, we will have two more basketball games to talk about. Actually, is it two more or is it three more? I'm going to look at the warriors, uh, preseason schedule real quick. Cause I know on Friday they play the Lakers and then the next day on Sunday, or I'm sorry, the next uh, two days, Sunday, They play the Kings and then the 18th, they play the Kings again. Yes. So we'll have three basketball games to kind of dig into for the next time that we come back here. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, All right. So for I am double G. We will see you when we see you peace out. Everybody in your
0: crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or Mc sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day.